He pioneered Jets blogging and podcasting. He brought smiles to the faces of Jets fans all over the world. He was there through the good and bad. And then, one day... He vanished. People far and wide wondered, where has he gone? When will he return? Thankfully, the answer is... Now! The OG of Jets podcasting and blogging is back. Just when I thought I was out, they pulled me back in. This is There's Always Next Year with Brian Bassett. I'm back. The real me. Let's not, not make a whole thing of it. And his co-hosts, Chef Travis Milton. Today we're going to be making the students my tasty baked ziti with basil and fresh mozzarella. And Josh Conrad. Oh, my brother, testify. On Turn on the Jets Digital. Welcome back to There's Always Next Year. I'm your host, Brian Bassett, and you can follow me on Twitter at Brian underscore Bassett. And when I'm not tweeting in disgust about Carrie Underwood's need to be loved by everyone, I am joined in this podcast by Josh Conrad, who you can find on Twitter at Josh underscore Conrad, and Travis Milton, who you can follow at dash 37 board 27. So, fellas... Quick story. So I uh, I was actually up in the tri-state area over the weekend. I have a, a massive Irish family, so we have a Christmas party, uh, which is now up to 95 people. There was 95 people at my family Christmas party. Went to that on Saturday, took the kids, wife, kids up early so that we could go to see Manhattan and do some stuff in around uh, New York City. And, uh, and so my children had never been into Manhattan before. And we took the train in, the New, York, New Jersey Transit in, because we were staying in Jersey. We get out uh, Penn Station. We come up onto the street, at, coming out of Penn Station, up the escalators. And uh, the kids just look up, and they see these, you know, canyons of skyscrapers. And, and my youngest, my five-year-old, goes, I need to go to the bathroom! Like, she was, like, so nervous, you know, <laughs> looking at all the people in the building. She had to go to the bathroom. So, uh, so that was my weekend, uh, other than watching the Jets, uh, with, with family and, uh, some of whom were Patriots fans. So that was always great. Um, uh, but what were your weekends like? Josh, what did you do over the weekend? Yeah. So this weekend we do, um, it's one of the big extended family Christmases before Christmas happens. Um, so we had family from, uh, DC and different parts of Connecticut gathering, um, in lower Fairfield County down near the city. Um, did big blowout dinner. So what was nice is I got to couple that with watching the, the Jets-Texans game. So the great thing about big family parties when you have babies is that you don't really have to watch your kid for like four hours because everybody else wants to hold your even, kid. So even for, diaper, we, even for diapers? Oh, yeah. I, we have family that like, you know, they don't have kids of their own or like, you know, their kids are all grown. And so for them, it's this little treat to like, take one of my two twins and just do everything for four. So, I mean, we, we'd stand in the middle of the party, like not knowing where they are and just yelling out like, uh, they need bottles or they need to go down for a nap and like things would just happen. So, you know, the, 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 the down off of that is that you suddenly realize like, crap, once you get home, you've got to be the person to like go back to doing all those things. But mm-hmm. for those couple of hours, it was nice to catch the Jets game and hang out with family and not have to take care of my kids every second of the day. Yeah, it's that 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 is very nice. I I'm impressed. You've got a pretty loving family that they would like. If I was one of those members of your family, I would definitely 
play with your kids and, you know, goo goo gaga and all that stuff. And then as soon as like, I felt the like explosion in the diaper, I'd be like, Oh, Josh, here you go. I think, uh, you got a little diaper incident here. Why don't you go ahead and sounds, smells like a blowout. Why don't you go ahead and take care of that? Yeah. No, our, our family was all about it. So it was the nice benefit of, of a four hour essential break. Um, seeing them getting all the highs and letting everybody else take care of the stuff they needed. Speaking of diaper blowouts, Travis, tell us about your weekend. <laughs> that, was, that was a perfect, perfect segue there, buddy. I know. That's um, I mean. When I think of Travis Milton, I think of uh, weekends. I think of diaper blowouts. Is that's as yeah, hundred percent. I'm still pissed at myself. I missed out on the release of the. Uh, into the Spider-Verse origin Air Jordan 1. So if anybody in the New York area has a bead on a pair of 13s, please hit me on Twitter. Um, went to go see Into the Spider-Verse uh, right before the yeah. Jets game, which was phenomenal. Was um, probably very well might be my favorite comic book movie of all time. It was great. Proceeded to get very, very drunk um, and ended up at a flea market. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Here come the diapers. <laughs> there were a couple places that smelled kind of diapery, um, mm-hmm. but uh, yeah, that, that's that's pretty much the high points of the weekend. How do the, you? How do you? What, what is being at a flea market drunk like? I'm curious. You were drunk at the flea market, is what I'm gathering. Yeah? Yes, it's much okay. more tolerable. Um, I bought I bought a set of uh, I don't know if you guys remember uh, starting lineup figures. Oh yes, of course. Um, they had they had, a Namus, Jose they had a name. They had a name of set. Um, I bought that, and I bought a Keyshawn Johnson. Oh um, man, that's amazing! Yeah. yeah, and they were pretty cheap. Where um, are you putting them? Uh, right beside my uh, Mark Sanchez, Mark or, uh, uh, McFarlane action figure. I've got I've got like every Jets action figure that's ever been made, or at least I thought I did until this weekend. Um, I've got some of them on my wall. Some of them are open up. Like, all my McFarlane ones are open. I've oh. got, like, all my running backs and my Kevin Mawai. They never made a Nick Mangold, so I've got I've got my Mawai out there. But, um, yeah, some are on the wall. Some are on the shelves. Some are just uh, in the bathroom, oddly enough. I need to know more about that Spider-Verse. My kids have seen the previews for it. Is it, like, appropriate for kids under 10, or is it not? Oh, 100%. It's 100% okay, appropriate for kids under 10. The The animation style is amazing. It's the closest thing to, like, a, a comic book coming into real life. Like, it's so stylized. It's got, like, you can see, like, those little, it's got, those, like, those little beads almost, like, across a page like as as it's being imprinted oh, so it really cool. does look like a, a comic book page that's in motion um there were points where it was a little weird i was like oh is this a 3d movie and i forgot to get the glasses um because i started drinking before i went in there because i did another podcast and i was drinking on that podcast so i could be funny um so yeah i was i was like shit did i did i forget the 3d glasses and like i'm looking around and everyone was wearing glass just regular glasses because there was a bunch of nerds in there at, at one o'clock on saturday just like me <laughs> and i was like well that doesn't help so i just got up and walked out and then came back and yeah, it was fine my, my kids we, so we saw the preview and my kids are like walking around the house now talking like john mulvaney going peter parker I'm just like, what? Spider ham. Yeah, yeah, spider ham, exactly. So, um, good. All right. Well, that that's excellent. It sounds like a good weekend. Uh, we'll get to the diapers next time. We can get to the diapers next time. But, um, but yeah, so as we transition, a little bit of an um, interesting game against the Texans, I guess you would say. It was, I think, according to Josh and what he has told us on prior podcasts, it was kind of like the perfect 
Jets game for the 2018 season, right? Sure it was. was. It was this valiant attempt. You're seeing competency rule the day um, by and large, let's say, at least by and large. Sam Darnold is playing the way he needs to play. The defense is playing decently, except for the fact that you've got Deshaun Watson and Andre Hopkins and Morris Claiborne defending Andre Hopkins. And so what is eventually going to happen is going to happen, which is the Jets get the loss, but they look valiant in their in their loss. Is that correct, Josh? Yeah. No, I think I mean, everything we wanted to see. Um, and, you know, I, I know in different ways. I don't think anybody, any, any Jets fan rationally went into that game thinking we're going to beat a 9-4 and four team on a – I think they're, they're on like an eight-game or nine-game winning streak now. But, mm-hmm. you know, I, I feel like – the things we wanted to see happened. I think I think Darnold played really well. You know, the, the running game was maybe more concerning to me. I thought the offensive line had a pretty good day. Um, I thought defensively, we kind of did everything we could. And, and the guy like DeAndre Hopkins beats you. And, and you kind of, not that you expect it, but to get beaten the way they did was not embarrassing. And it felt like, I mean, for most of that game, all the way until, you know, late late in the fourth, getting, getting that Elijah McGuire touchdown, you know, it felt like, yeah, they. This wasn't a fluky game by any stretch where they're in it. Um, it's not like the Texans played all that badly. So you know, in a lot of ways, it, it was really encouraging to me to see a good competitive game that also moved us up in the draft. So I'm, I'm, I came out of that game very happy. Okay, good. I'm glad, uh, Travis. How did you feel about it? Was a loss a loss, or was it? Hey, at least we didn't just look like total bungling idiots, or were you somewhere in between, or were you too drunk to really know what was happening because you were buying? Uh, you know, Joe Namath at a flea market or, or what? <laughs> no, I bought Joe Namath after after the game. Um, oh, okay. okay. Yeah, yeah, it was right, the game. yeah, I need to be very clear about that. Yeah, you watched it. I did completely finish the game. Um, okay. Yeah, I mean, my big thing was, uh, you know, don't shit the bed, and they didn't. Darnold looked great. The defense actually showed some flashes. I mean, we got to Deshaun Watson, which was surprising to me. Um, Henry Anderson with, like, three sacks. I was I was actually surprised the level of play. Um, yeah, you know, I, I never had any any delusions of grandeur that we were going to come out and win the game. Even even when we were up, I was like, no, no way. I mean, with with the the the, the goat Jason Myers missing uh, extra points, I, was, yeah. uh, I knew that there was no way that we were going to come out with our most valuable our most valuable player having an off day. Yeah, it's always great when your special teamers are, like, the best players on the team and the team's, like, tweeting, like, pro vote, vote for these guys. And you're just like, okay, this is not a good year. You know, this is, this is who we're, we're, uh, we're touting for our team. But, but yeah, it was, it was a good competitive game. I mean, the fans were, were obviously into it. It was close. It, it ended up going the way it, it, it seemed like it was going to go. And, the fact that DeAndre Hopkins had that had the, had the touchdown at the end of the game against Morris Claiborne was like, okay, this is perfect. This encapsulates exactly right to Josh's point, kind of what he's hoping for. He wants them to play competently and effectively. See Sam Darnold start to step up a little bit, but also right, let's keep let's keep you know, let's keep you know the eye on the prize here, which is high draft picks, which can then be traded for for other things later on. So we talked a little bit about Sam Darnold. So what do you think? After this game, arrow up on Sam Darnold, arrow down? Like, I think there were some concerns a couple weeks ago, you know, going into his injury, and then he's, he's you know, not there for a couple weeks, and what's happening, and we're watching, you know, Baker Mayfield, you know, ascending in on his team. So now that he's been back for a little bit of time, are you liking what you're seeing, kind of what it pretends for 2019? I mean, arrow way up to me. I, I feel like, you know, coming back from an injury, I was looking up some of his stats. 
earlier. He's, he's been completing 65% of his throws. He's got one interception um, since coming back. And so, you know, in a lot of ways, I mean, I think he's thrown for also like over 400 yards total. You know, it's it's kind of everything you want to see from a rookie quarterback. You want to start to see some of the progression happening late in the season and coming off an injury and coming right back to the team um, whose season was pretty much shot at that point. You know, I feel like we're seeing in Darnold again, um, you know, maybe – pre-injury, we, you know, we started to have some questions and then and it goes away for a month and we're not totally sure what it's going to look like coming out of that. Um, I think he's done everything we wanted to see happen. And listen, the Texans are not a, you know, this, this is not a average, even probably NFL defense. It's probably top end with, with one of the greatest defensive players ever still, still making plays. And so, you know, for guys like J.J. Watt to come out of that game um, and be making really high praise of Sam Darnold um, and, and all, all the things we're seeing, I think, from the team, around the team, um, you know, Sam Sam is showing all of the progression that I wanted to see. Um, and now, you know, offseason is going to be about putting the right pieces around him. But, um, yeah, I, I feel very encouraged over the last couple weeks, especially uh, after Saturday. Yeah, I think more that was some good analysis and good kind of details and statistics there um, in terms of in terms of that. But right when I just kind of think about things from a you know very kind of narrative driven kind of what what I've seen and you know have I have I liked what I've seen certainly you know from from that perspective you know he, he just right he seems to be you know progressing and getting better. I think obviously it's trouble it's troubling for him to have both. Um, uh, you know, like some of the players, you know, being injured and just not having necessarily as as great, um, you know, a supporting cast. And so I think, so I think that's the thing, right? When I look at him, uh, I I look at what he's doing and I say, okay, in the larger context of, um, you know, the fact that he's a rookie, the fact that he's one of the youngest rookies to ever, you know, start an NFL game, uh, you have to say, okay, this is. This sure seems promising to me. Uh, this sure seems like it's there's potential here, uh, right? As he moves forward, as the team can start to improve around him. But I think the big question for me, um, Josh, as I think about this team and as they move forward, is did they do this backwards, like in terms of the rebuild and kind of when they started the rebuild? Because I think we see some pieces and parts here, but. Um, like, should they have gotten the offensive line first, or is it just Darnold's available and we take him, you know, versus the the Browns kind of went more at kind of the rebuild, and then they took Baker when some of the other pieces were uh, were already in place. Like, does that matter that much? I, I don't know. If, I don't know if that's something that occurs to you. Or, um, or do you I, yeah. I, I, and I'd love to hear some of Travis's thoughts here, but, you know, I, I think, um, I think, to and that we've talked about it before. If if the slight against McCagden in the front office has been kind of the second round and down in drafts, or you know some free agent misses, um, I, I would rather you know, especially the top end of drafts we've been in for the last five or six years. To me, it's just you take the guy that's there. And so when a Leonard Williams falls, you don't think about need. You think about just get the best player you can. You know, don't worry about the fact that you've got four other positions you want to address maybe in this specific spot, but um, take take Darnold, you know, if he's going to fall to you um, after the Giants pass on him. So, you know, to me, it's it's get the guy and then address needs later. Um, you know, I, 
I, I don't know if maybe that's maybe their philosophy in, in the first round and then that shifts, you know, in, in terms of Mike McKagan's way that he sets up his drafts. But, um, you know, it seems like later we're trying to find playmakers in the second round and then kind of address, you know, kind of nuts and bolts positions uh, um, later in the draft. Really but, you know, maybe, maybe we just need to see, like, you know, something happen where we're just taking the best player all the time and worry about need later mm-hmm. because, you know, getting the best players on the field – um, is ultimately what matters in this league. So um, I don't know. I mean, I, I'd love to hear maybe what you guys think about that a little bit. But yeah. to me, just take best player you, that you can. Travis, so do you think the Jets should have built an offensive line first, kind of like they did, you know, 2006 to 2009, and then get the quarterback, or get the quarterback and then build the line around them? Like, does that? I mean, I think tra- traditionally the more successful rebuilds are when you when you build from the line you know, into the quarterback. But, but the, the fact of the matter is, is, is in, in today's NFL, you know, it's not like it was five, ten years ago. Um, these quarterbacks are not coming along as prepared or as, as NFL ready as, as they were, you know, you know, years and years ago. So you can't really hinge upon the fact that you're going to, you're going to be able to get somebody that's, that's going to, that's going to be good. So, uh, last year, and you know, this is this is the the, the what seems like age old argument um, against uh, the Giants taking Saquon Barkley. You know, last year was a, a an anomaly uh, for quarterbacks. You know, you had you know Jackson, Rosen, Darnold, Mayfield, um, Allen. You, you, know, you had you know five six quarterbacks that that very well could be you know a franchise quarterback. So you you don't. You don't flinch when that moment happens. You you go for it, and then you, you figure it out. Uh, that's that's when that's when a really good general manager. That's that's when you know that's kind of testing the ilk. And and I you know I've got my reservations and my doubts that McCannon that McCannion whatever his name is freaking Mac McCannion Christy um, Christy McCannion yeah right. Christy McCannion <laughs> <laughs> um, wonderful actress she's she's great um, but uh, you know I have reservations that he's going to be able to do that. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I still think that, that getting Darnold was the right way to go. Um, I wish that they had had addressed the offensive line earlier in anticipation for this as opposed right. to piecemealing it for, for so long uh, and resting on laurels of, of, of Nick Mangold and, and Brick. But, you know, it is what it is. And right now, you know, having Darnold in there now and getting him getting him rolling is, you know, it's it's the, the rightest of the moves that, that, are, that are on the board. Fair enough. So... Josh, if you're ready, hit us with what you found in the comments section. Sometimes my fans leave some very interesting comments on my page, and I'm going to read them to you. Yeah, so I'm going to do some different things in the comments section. You know, last week uh, we talked a little bit about some Todd Bulls comments about Sam Darnold finally being himself and wanting to be himself. Um, you know, I I went back uh, to the, some of the post-game comments, and we're going to do some different things over the next few weeks, but I found just um, a couple quotes from the Texans guys um, about Sam Darnold. So I just want to read them to you and then talk about them a little bit. Uh, First was, you know, uh, Bill Bill O'Brien, Texans head coach, was asked after the game. Um, And, you know, a little bit of this feels a little canned, but I want to talk about it um, in an interesting way. Um, He just said, great performance. He has a great future in this league. He's a competitor. He didn't do anything tonight that surprised me. But I will say that his ability to keep plays alive, his ability to take a hit, keep coming, his ability to get the ball down the field, he is a great player. 
And then J.J. Watt said this. I told him after the game, he's a good player. He ran around all night, made a lot of plays on the run. He can scramble. He can make throws. He's a good player. And obviously, he's young, and he's got a great future ahead of him. So I told him he's a great player and good luck. And so, you know, some of this is interesting. I think Bill O'Brien saying he didn't do anything tonight that surprised me. I'm not sure. Maybe maybe that's he wasn't shocked that um, Darnold played well. Maybe it's as innocuous as, as that. I don't know if he's taking a touch of a shot there at Sam Darnold, and, like, he's a little bit vanilla. You know, there wasn't much happening. And so I don't know if that's a shot at Todd Bowles or the play calling or whatever. Um, but just this high praise from from opposing coaches, opposing players, um, you know, which most guys in this league are pretty amicable after wins. They're going to praise the team they just beat and kind of move on in a professional manner. And I think, um, you know, say what you will about Bill O'Brien, he, he's a professional coach and um, doesn't seem like he, he's, he's out trying to make – big headlines all the time, but I think just the high praise from two of these guys, and Bill O'Brien, you know, obviously was around Tom Brady for a long, long time, um, you know, kind of got this moniker of being a quarterback guru, um, even though we can talk about Deshaun Watson maybe falling into his lap and already being a great quarterback, um, but praise from him and then praise from J.J. Watt, who, you know, has, has played against, you know, some of the greatest quarterbacks um, that, that the NFL has ever seen, and so just thought from you guys, I don't know, do you, do you feel like these were just innocuous standard statements, or do you feel like from these guys, you know, we should be encouraged as Jet fans that, um, you know, a, a quote-unquote quarterback guy um, in Bill O'Brien and J.J. Watt who chases them around for a living, um, do we feel like this is high praise? Do we feel like this is not a big deal? Anything about Bill O'Brien saying he wasn't surprised by Darnold? Um, just thought, thought we could talk about that a little bit. Travis, you go first. I have some thoughts. Go ahead. <laughs> so, so for me um, – uh, I'm I've I've been friends with the band Guar uh, for yeah. uh, my life, um, <laughs> and and I used to talk to the 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 uh, since passed away lead singer Randy uh, not Randy Randy Wise oh. from uh, freaking oh, uh, Lamb of God another band that's friends of mine uh, but Dave Brocky Dave Brocky sorry yeah um, I have this conversation with Dave occasionally where you know a band would open up for him and. No matter what, like Dave tried to like stop watching the opening bands for a while, and they would come up to Dave and they'd be like, "Oh my God, you know, you know how 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 were we? You know, were we good?" And Dave just came up with this this blanket answer, which was, "Man, you guys were out there and you you were playing." <laughs> That's and that's what the, that's what these comments are to me. It's like it's like Bill O'Brien and JJ Water out there like. Yeah, you know he he he's throwing the ball and he's and he's running around in the grass with a uniform on. And I mean, he's helmet. He's, 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 he's a football out. player. He's he's, he's a football player. Two and I'm like, yeah, yeah, exactly. I, I read these statements and I'm like, well, that's just that's just dribble. Like that does that doesn't mean anything. Like I read Manish like talking about it and I read this and I'm like, that's that's literally just like a blanket. Like that's just. Sure, he was out there, and yeah, we, I mean, he, he was playing football. And and so I, here's what I'll say: it costs them nothing to to gush about other fellow, you know, uh, players in the league. They certainly don't need to, um, you know, go over the top. Uh, and so I get the sense that, like, I think they respect at the at a minimum they respect him because if they didn't respect him, then they wouldn't even say that he's great. Uh, but I, my my thought, Josh, was in, in you reading those quotes and the word great being used so many times was, is this from one article? Because a lot of times, having been in the press room, what will happen is as you see someone talking to coaches or talking to players, like they have a story that they want to tell, 
and they will get the quotes that support the story that they want to tell, right? So, so it's not like they just got all these quotes, they synthesized everything and said, oh, wow, everybody thinks he's great. It's like they went into it with sometimes, not all the time. I'm not saying all the time. I'm saying there, there are definitely times where it could be that the, per the reporter who's writing it and has these quotes asks J.J. Watt, hey, J.J., do you think Sam Darnold is a great player? Right? And so, like, the word has already been prepped and kind of introduced into the, the question and then the answer that it then feed ba feeds back into the response that you get. So, so I'm not saying I don't think Darnold's great or I don't think that these guys respect them. I do think they do that because they would probably use other words, right, to your point. Travis on, yeah, you know, they're really out there, or like, you know, the one that, uh, you know, you always hear people say is like, you know, well, that's Bill Belichick being Bill Belichick. Like, that's that's code for Bill Belichick's an asshole, right? Like, He's got a high motor. Right, yeah, right. It's like, th there are these platitudes that are out there, and so I do think they respect him. I don't necessarily think they think this guy's going to the Hall of Fame, though, but they like playing against him, and they respect their play against him. Anything so, to Bill O'Brien's, he did nothing to surprise me. Do we think, yeah. read anything into that? Uh, a little bit. I think probably, it's probably what he's thinking about in that moment is more what he saw in film study and kind of preparing his defense for that team and that, right, like kind of what he saw, what he got. Like Sam Darnold is good at the deep out. Uh, Sam Darnold is good when he can buy himself a little bit of time and then dump off the ball. Sam Darnold um, has pretty good vision. Uh, like, these are things that you know and you need to scheme appropriately. Uh, but, right, it wasn't like Sam Darnold was doing things like running 80 yards against him, which would have surprised him, right? Done things that he didn't suspect. So I'd say it's more about the film and the preparation and the, and the scheming against him than it is about, like, uh, Jeremy Bates is terrible at his job. I, I would say. That's my in inference there. Gotcha. Well, listen, next week I am coming with – a very interesting lots to read between the lines, um, and we're gonna we're gonna try to to dissect who the leak is in the New York Jets front office. But that'll be oh, nice, baby. Oh, baby, I'm all in. Put me all in on that. Well, speaking of being all in with the holidays coming up next week for for many folks, some have already passed. Uh, you know, uh, Hanukkah has has come and gone, but Christmas and other holidays are still yet to be celebrated for many families. So with that in mind, I need, this is what we call a lifestyle hack, fellas. So I need your best lifestyle hack for the holidays. So I will give you a little bit of time to think. I'm going to give you mine first. So this is something my wife and I figured out a couple years ago. So I don't know if you guys even know what this is. Josh, you probably know what it is. Well, Travis, you probably know what it is too because you're a chef. There's this thing called Panatone. Do you guys know what oh, that yeah. is? Okay. Yeah, it's yeah, yeah that's, that's when the, that's when like all the colors on the screen on the, the old TVs. That's right. Yeah. yeah, Pantone. Yeah, yeah. It's and, and they started making bread after they went away from UHF and VHF. Uh, Presented in Pantone. Yeah, exactly. It's exactly it. So so it's this Italian bread. Think of it as kind of like a soft, spongy bread with a candied fruit in it. So. For whatever reason, my mom always goes to, like, Trader Joe's or, you know, Whole Foods or one of these stores, and she buys, like, four of them, and then she gifts them to us, and then they sit around, like, for months on end and don't get eaten. And they're actually pretty delicious, but the problem is we just don't eat it. We don't, like, have a reason to eat it, despite it being delicious. So, so what we figured out is on Christmas morning, generally, 
we're opening presents at our house. Grandparents are coming to our house. Uh, so we have to cook breakfast for them too. So, you know, coffee and this and that, bacon and the other stuff. But the best thing, I'm not kidding, the best thing is you slice up that panettone and you basically turn, you put it into a pan with uh, kind of like a, uh, a French toast casserole kind of thing. You can look up recipes for it. And then you can put any kind of glaze or sauce over the top of it. But the one that we get the best reviews from family and friends are, it's like an orange glaze kind of sauce. Uh, and it is amazing. Like, it is so good. It's just so delicious. And you just, like, you're scooping that thing, and you want more, and you want more. And then you feel really bad, and you you wind up getting drunk and going to flea flea markets the next day or whatever. But, um, but no, seriously, like, that is by far one of the best things you can do for, like, a holiday breakfast or brunch or anything like that. If you do that, you're going to be a fucking hero. So, Josh, what do you got? Oh man, I've had so much time to prepare for this. So I, um, I do this. This happens more around Christmas holiday parties. And so maybe, you know, we might be a little bit late in the season now for your office party, um, or things like that. The, the best thing, and I, and I learned this from, uh, the, the very intelligent Jim Halpert from the office. And so, you know, you're going to get invited to, your office party, it'd be your spouse's office party, a significant other's office party. If we're, we're honest, guys, we know the office party is probably not the best party to be at unless you're maybe in the food industry. I'm sure Travis throws his staffs at some incredible, uh, some incredible family dinner, family meal, um, restaurant parties when it comes to the holiday season. But here's, here's the best advice for you. If you still have one of these on your calendar, maybe it's this weekend before Christmas hits next week, is to get there. And, and, and the trick is to get out of there in like 20 minutes, right? The trick is to be there, to be memorable, and get out and not have to spend a lot of time. So you come in, you find somebody, you make a meaningful observation about the party. You do something funny, you throw a snack against the wall, you buy, you get a round of drinks for your boss, you kind of go say hi. Um, you, you find another few people, you take a, a quick selfie with them, um, and, and then you find out or remember something meaningful um, from that party. Maybe it was the decor or the DJ or the food that was being served. And then you get the heck out of Dodge. And then on Monday, <laughs> you can still reference all these things. And people think, oh, yeah, he was here the whole time. But you were really only there for 20 minutes. You got out of there. You went to a nice dinner or you went to a bar and hung out with, with some people you actually enjoy. Mm-hmm. Guys, get out of your office party in 20 minutes. Make a meaningful connection with somebody. Make a joke. Make some other people laugh. Take a photo. Get your boss a drink and get out of Dodge. I love it. I love it. That that is great. I think um, I could have used that in years past. And uh, I was at a Christmas party this year, Travis. Uh, it was actually a sit down dinner, and I'm not complaining because it was at Leja, your friend Sonny's. Leja, Leja, sorry, Leja, and that place was amazing. It was like a four course meal, and I was like just dying. It was eating so much, it was so good. Um, you guys want to know the main the main component of my Christmas parties? Yes. Uh, uh, wait, 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 give me a guess. Give me uh, bourbon. Uh, no, well, kind of. Um, we we have a Mad Dog chugging contest every year, <laughs> where Excellent. I buy I buy twenty of these seven fifty milliliters of the. This is no bullshit. This is the real name of this: the Bling Bling Blue Raspberry uh, <laughs> Mad Dog. <laughs> and. Everyone that enters has to take two shots of Kentucky Gentleman whiskey, which is about seven dollars a fifth, super cheap. 
<laughs> then you have to chug the entire bottle of Mad Dog, and the winner gets a shot of Pappy Van Winkle or Black Maple Hill or, what, or you know, wow. uh, 16, 16 year Lagavulin, like whatever you want from the good stuff. But the thing is, you're so jammed up that you don't even want it. So it's cool. I just get everybody completely very poorly drunk, and then I don't have to give any of my good whiskey. That's great. Uh, do, would I find the blueberry blue bling bling next to the Four loco? Is it on the right or the left of the Four Locos? No, the Four Locos is in the cooler. This is going to oh. be beside the Boone's Farm. Okay. Yeah, bottom so shelf. Of, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, Night Train, I think, is around there, if it's still around. Thunderbird. I used to frequent a website called bumwine.com that actually like <laughs> laid out like... <laughs> <laughs> it actually laid out all the good points of crappy wine. <laughs> I love it. Like, what'll keep you warm, what'll get you drunk. Um, so, that, that has nothing to do, do with my wine. Right so I don't know if it, it exists anymore. Right now. So can Night Train, Thunderbird, Wild Irish Rose, MD2020, Cisco. It's all yeah. there, my friend. Mickey's? Yep, it is. Mickey's? No? Is that? No, that's, no, that's not wine. That's not that's wine. Not wine. That's great. No. Hand grenades are something different. They've got trivia questions inside. <laughs> No, it's not trivia question. It's got a little picture that you got to figure out. Yeah. So I'm for confusing what? Mickey's with Snapple. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that says a lot about me. So, guys, if you want to stay warm, you go with the MD2020. you got to remember, getting wasted, though, MD2020 is rated the worst, and it's also rated for the worst taste, but it's going to keep you warm. Okay. Yes. I think Thunderbird, Thunderbird was the best. No, Night Train was the best all around, like, encompassing oh, them. Oh, it's actually Thunderbird. Thunderbird. Oh, no, Thunderbird. Thunderbird has the worst taste, highest, second highest for getting wasted, and second highest for warmth. So Night Train, you're all right. Night Train yep. comes in as the best one you want. Wow. Yep, Night Train's where you want to be. Yeah, yep. the, like the guns in the Axl Rose had it right. Night Train, so, in, cool. the Night train in the streets, MD2020 in the sheets. In the sheets. But, there, you go. <laughs> there you go. I don't know if I have any holiday hacks. I mean, I'm a drunk that ends up at flea markets on a Saturday night. Like, I'm not living life well enough to have any hacks. Um <laughs> That's pretty good. The closest thing I would have is uh, okay, go whenever I go to any parties that aren't at a restaurant or anything. Um, I've, so I bought this flask, and, and I wasn't exactly sober when I purchased the flask, which is kind of bizarre. Um, but uh, it's in the shape of a Nintendo cartridge, like an original NES cartridge. And I bought it thinking, okay, this is cool. Like, no one's going to, like, think this is a flask. But then when you're drinking out of it, everyone's like, why are you drinking out of a Nintendo cartridge? Um, like, that's as good as hacks get with me. Like, I'm, I'm not good at hacking life. I like that. I like that. I like a Nintendo cartridge flask. Do you, uh, if you can't get the alcohol out of the Nintendo cartridge flask, do you blow on the... Yes, you blow, um, blow on the base of it. Yeah, that's what you do. Yeah, to, to get the dust out. Okay, good. Yep. Which, good. which Nintendo game is it? Is there a label? Uh, yes, um, hold on, actually, let me, uh, let me grab it, Please, I actually can't remember, remember what it is. Please let it be done. I'm hoping for Mike Tyson's punch-out or Paperboy. No, it's called Drunkmaster. It's not, it's not a real Nintendo game. It's, but it's got, like, a Konami style, like, uh. Yes, it does, yes. That's amazing, it's so good. Yeah. All right, so I like it. So get yourself a Nintendo flask and drink out of it. Drink your MD twenty twenty or 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 your Boons or your Night Train, depending on what you're what you're op- optimizing for. Right, and then we'll go from there. All right, now into some more serious notes. Let's talk about. We got a little bit of time left. We're going to jump down ahead and we're going to talk about the Packers. So the Packers 
Green Bay Packers, you might have heard of them. They are 5-8-1 and one this year, and the Jets are 4-10. and ten. So this Packers team has only one more win than the Jets do at this point. Obviously, they're playing in a, a tough division with uh, the Vikings, who are having a hapless season there on their own, but the Bears are seemingly unstoppable. There's been a lot going on with the Packers in terms of who's in control of this team, Mike McCarthy getting fired, Aaron Rodgers, uh, you know, some even saying that maybe he was jaking it a little bit to, to get McCarthy to that point. Uh, but all in all, it's, it's clearly a hot mess in the, uh, in, in the city of Green Bay. That said, even though they're only one win better than this team, when you look at how these teams match up, they actually are pretty decently matched up. Like the biggest difference is, it's got to be the Jets' like defense compared to the the Packers' offense. But in terms of like the Packers' defense to the Jets' offense, like those are basically a wash. So I think what we'll focus on here for now, at least as a starting point, is the Packers' offense and the Jets' defense. Who wins, and thus who wins this game? Thoughts? Uh, I'm going to go Packers. I mean. Yeah. Uh, I, what Mo Claiborne has has exposed himself. If if no one no one actually thought he was playing as crappy as he has been all year, um, I think the past couple of games has have really shown. Hopefully, those people that were uh, being apologetic for him and, and saying no, he's he's been playing great. Uh, hopefully, it's shown them that that he is actually playing pretty poorly. And Tremaine is not playing that great either. Um, you know, I look at our secondary and. Yeah, I, I don't see us stopping them. I feel like I say this every single week. I uh, bitch about the secondary, but again, like we're facing a good quarterback with some good wide receivers, um, and Jamal Adams can't be everywhere on the field at all times. So, right. just because of the laws of physics, I don't think that we're going to be able to do anything. Yeah, and I think that's the thing, right? Tremaine Johnson is opportunistic. I wouldn't necessarily say that he's good on a like a consistent like hold the player in check, you know, Patrick Peterson, you know, level. Um, Mo, Mo Claiborne, on the other hand, is just toast-worthy, right, as as we saw during the course of the game. My uh, my 10-year-old uh, little cousin, nephew, I don't know, like, you know, third third cousins in Irish families, whatever that is, like, he was like, Mo Claiborne is terrible. He's so bad. We're watching the game. He's like, he is so bad. Why does he always get burned? And so, right, so he's not good. And there's enough tape prior to him coming to the Jets of being not good, and let alone just over the last couple of weeks, as you, as you talk about, Travis, that have me think, if I'm Aaron Rodgers, I'm getting Devontae Adams onto Mo Claiborne as much as possible, and I'm exploiting that. Um, especially when you consider the fact that uh, Aaron Jones might not be in this game, Josh, right? So Jim, uh, he might have an MCL sprain or some sort of sprain that kept him out of most of last week's game. As a result, Jamal Williams saw the field, and he is, you know, Jamal Williams is the definition of replacement level when it comes to running back. So, yeah, so if you, so Josh, if you're the offensive coordinator for the Packers, are you attacking the secondary? What are you attacking? Well, just to back up for one second, I, I'm not even sure Aaron Rodgers is going to play on Sunday. Um, it's looking like, you know, with, with their season in the tank, um, there's at least some rumblings the last day or so that um, his, his knee injury, his groin injury, maybe it's just time, you know, their season's shot now at this point. Um, maybe they take a look at Deshaun Kaiser. Maybe they, um, you know, just try to see what they have in some of the young guys. Plus, 
would it be the worst thing in the world for the Packers to lose these last two games and move up potentially in the draft as well. So, you know, I, I don't know. I mean, if Aaron Rodgers does play, I think all the things that you guys just mentioned are absolutely true. Um, I think if Aaron Jones doesn't go, um, you know, Jamal Williams, like you said, is, is just a pedestrian kind of running back. I know that Mike McCarthy was big on him for way too long. But, um, you know, I, I don't know um, what's going to happen yet. You know, if, if both of those guys sit and it's Deshaun Kaiser and Jamal Williams um, – and, and keep this in mind, the Packers have not won a game on the road yet this year, and so this could be another road loss for them, which would be – I think it's it, it's got to be – it must be a very long time since any team in the NFL has not won one game on the road that's not a Cleveland Browns organization team. So, um, I don't know. I, I think – I think um, if Aaron Jones sits, you know, obviously that's going to probably indicate to us that if Aaron Rodgers is going to play, that he's probably throwing the ball 40 to 45 times. Um, but if he, if Aaron Jones does play, I think you'll see kind of uh, kind of their their um, you know balanced attack on offense. Um, but it seems like a lot's up in the air. I don't know necessarily what either team is really playing for. This could be a very fun game to watch if Aaron Rodgers is not playing because you're going to be watching two teams play hot potato with that victory, not wanting to come out of there with a win and hurt their own draft stock. Could be interesting. Well, let me just uh, drop in some quotes that uh, Joe Philbin, so we're recording this on Tuesday, um, shared with reporters on Tuesday. He said, in the general sense, my philosophy is football players are paid to play football games, and football coaches are paid to coach football games. Uh, Sound familiar, these uh, platitudes uh, you're talking about there? Travis, um, so obviously we have to go through the week and we would never put any player out there that wasn't physically ready to go, but that's my general philosophy and overall philosophy, whether it's Aaron Rodgers or anybody else later on, blah, 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 lots of other things. I think there, there's an obligation to the team, so we'll see. If there are any other discussions contrary to that, we'll certainly cross that bridge and discuss it. Again, I think it's bigger than Aaron Rodgers. This is a football team. You're a football player. You're, empo- you're employed by the Green Bay Packers just like if players or coaches were to say, geez, I'd like to go home tonight and not prepare. So, like, of course, though, if you saw Joe Philbin on the um, the Hard Knocks, the the uh, Miami Dolphins Hard Knocks season, like, if there is a more out-of-touch coach in the NFL than Joe Philbin, like, I want you to name him for me. Uh, you don't get no, 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 no time goals. But, uh, <laughs> but, uh, but he is one of the most out-of-touch guys, so it doesn't surprise me that he would say that, uh, but that's classic coach speak. Uh, at the end of the day, right, if the GM says we're shutting him down, Joe Philbin is going to shut him down. I don't know. What, what do you think, Travis? Uh, you know, hearing hearing Aaron Rodgers' comments after the game, um, you know, I think he played a big part in, in uh, McCarthy getting fired, um, so I think he's got, like, Somehow, some gravitas and some weight in that organization. If he and if he wants to go out there, um, I think he's going to go out there. Um, and I, I don't think you know anybody's going to going to stop him as long as you know he's he's within within reason, obviously. And the way he was talking, you know, he he was quoting uh, talking about Brett Favre, you know, uh, his last year there, talking about oh, you might be able to get out, out you know, out and play because I'm injured, and then that never even happened. So, you know, who knows? But I. I I've got a feeling he's going to end up playing. Yeah, and I, I think, think he's that... going to play. T- oh, go ahead. No, no, go ahead. I was going to say, yeah, I think he's probably going to end up playing as well. Um, Joe Philbin might be, you know, the, he's overplaying his cards a little bit, right? Like, you don't have the gravitas 
of a Bill Belichick or even a Mike McCarthy to make such outlandish statements like he did about you're going to go play because this is a professional team. And, but, like, you are not Vince Lombardi. Like, you're Joe Philbin. So, like, hey, if Aaron's healthy, he's going to play. We're going to do everything we can to get him healthy this week. If not, we feel confident in our backup. Like, that seems where Joe Philbin needs to live a little bit. Um, back to the Aaron Jones thing for a second. The, the Packers did also claim Capri Bibbs off of waivers from the Redskins, which is maybe an indication that Aaron Jones is not going to be available on Sunday. And that makes sense, right? If they're if they're trying to soak up carries or you know pass protection or whatever, Dibs could is someone you could plug and play right into that. And you know, I mean, I'm sure they'll try and minimize him and let Williams take the majority of the snaps. But if for some reason you can't go, then someone like Dibs would be fine. Um, yeah, I think it comes down to a couple of things, right? That's a great point about Aaron Rodgers and whether he'll play or not. Assuming let's just assuming Rodgers doesn't play, I think the Jets stand a pretty good chance of. Uh, of of being competitive and maybe even winning this game because it's a home game, all that sort of thing. Um, uh, Jones not being in the game, there's there's a number of reasons. But the other thing I would say is, let's say Aaron Rodgers does play. Uh, when it comes down to Sam Darnold and some of what we've seen him do over the last couple weeks, like he's showing the ability to move the ball down the field uh, to get in scoring positions for Jason Myers or for um uh, you know for the for the skill players and that's been good but at the end of the day like it might be another close game that if Aaron Rodgers plays they lose because if you give Aaron Rodgers the ball with 3 minutes or 4 minutes or 2 minutes like he is probably going to get you whatever points you need if it's close so yeah i think it comes down to I think Darnold has the opportunity to have another good game just based on the the statistical outputs of this pack, woeful Packers defense so far this year uh, to keep them competitive. But, right, if, if Rodgers is in the game, it's going to be tough to get, get past him. If Rodgers is out of the game, I think the Jets could handily win this game by six to eight points or more. Any other thoughts on, on this team in this matchup? I want to see Sam Darnold continue to play well. I hope they keep letting him be himself because at this point, guys, he wants to be himself. And with that, we shall bid our listeners adieu. So thank you, Josh. Thank you, Travis. Uh, we will talk, I'm guessing, after Christmas. Uh, so we'll, we'll have a chance to talk then and we'll get a chance to recap this game, kind of look to the, the last couple weeks ahead here. But for Josh and Travis, I'm going to say thanks. Hope everybody has a great holiday season, that they enjoy it. Uh, I know a lot of people try and get through the holidays, try and savor the moments with the folks uh, around you that you are around, whether you're chugging uh, Mad Dog or you're diving out of Christmas parties early or making uh, Pantone-flavored French toast. French toast. But, yeah, thank you. Um, I'm going <laughs> to do that one. I'm going to oh, take you up on that this year. Oh, it's so good. It's so good. So, uh, so everybody has a great holiday, and we'll talk to you next week. Happy holidays, everybody.